Well, I am so excited. Registrations for His Power at Work Mastermind are coming in. And as I work on the principles we'll be sharing and how they may impact us, getting beyond stuck or out of the rut or in a new place in our relationship with God and in our businesses and lives, it literally takes my breath. A mastermind is a group who meets together in person or virtually to share accountability, peer mentoring, to sharpen skills, and in this particular mastermind, to focus on the master of our business, Jesus. His power at work will kick off with a free session on goals. It's the perfect time to think about what you'll want to achieve in the coming year, or more accurately, what God wants to achieve through you. What does it look like to hear from God what His priorities are for our life and business? How will He accomplish his priorities in and through us. Registration for this session closes on December 15th, so be sure to sign up for the free session at talkandpray.us slash mastermind. In the meantime, welcome to today's edition of Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching, tapping into our best life. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Cassida for Talk and Pray, and it took me a while to settle into myself. Do you know the feeling? Capable, ambitious, but wanting more? More impact, more success, more satisfaction? Me too. I've been a mompreneur and now maturepreneur. How do you like that term? (laughs) And I have a lifetime of experience, work, family, love, and loss that combined with the truth of scripture have taught me valuable lessons. I have a passion to share that wisdom with women of faith who want more. Welcome to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Never a Willie Bobby. People who don't know me well usually call me Mary, and my last name is always a challenge. I don't look at all Latina with my not-quite-authentic blonde hair and fair skin, so what in southeastern Kentucky is Cassida would be Casada anywhere else in the world. I should be grateful. My brother-in-law served on an aircraft carrier in the Navy some years back, and his moniker back then was Psychata. I've never been a Psychata, at least I don't think so. So Mary Casada is usually an indication that you don't know me very well. I'm definitely a Mary Lou, as you may recall from episode 12 called Spiders and Snakes. And it's Casada, like Canada with an S, Casada. At an award ceremony a few years back, I handed my name card to the announcer with the phonetic pronunciation written on it. She looked back at me and said, Cas-a-da, duh, right? With a big grin. Emphasis on the duh, I guess. <laughs> Good reminder that whatever accolade you might earn, you're still just a duh to some people. We struggled somewhat with names for our children, as most people do, I guess. Our firstborn, Emily, came as a surprise to us, so we weren't ready for the name game. We knew we wanted an older name, and we didn't know any Emilys, and as luck would have it, I found an Emily in an old graveyard of my dad's people in Tennessee. So we selected Emily Claire, loving the combination of syllables and both the sturdiness and the femininity of the names. Then, when my grandmother came to the hospital and was hurt that not one single grandchild nor great-grandchild among dozens was her namesake, we had to adjust. 
My husband wasn't for it, but I insisted that he'd have to tell Grandma we were opting out. (laughs) So Emily Clare became Emily Clare Vivian Cassida. And wouldn't you know, that year Emily was the most popular name in the world. And when she married, the Vivian was promptly dropped. Sorry, Grandma. Our second child, Sam, was easier. He was planned, and the name from the Old Testament meant asked of God, so that was perfect. We also liked Aaron, and the two went together beautifully. Easy peasy. And then along came the third child. Okay, so we went with pretty for the girl, then planned for boy number one. How about naming this third child after his grandfather's? Oh, boy. Have you ever seen the comedy sketch by Gary Gulbin on how the states got their abbreviations? I'll link the sketch in the show notes. It's a hilarious fictional play-by-play of each state getting its two-letter abbreviation. Not what you think would be funny, but the sketch reveals drama you do not expect in funny form. (laughs) We didn't expect naming our kid after our dads to produce drama. You'd think it'd be easy, but right away we ran into trouble. You see... My dad's name was Willie, not William, not Wilhelm, not Wilbur, but Willie. My father-in-law's name is Bobby, not Robert, not Robbie, not Bobcat. (laughs) Bobby. We are from southeastern Kentucky, which is almost like being born in the South. There cannot be a Willie Bobby in this family. It's a name that belongs in a movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Talladega Nights, here we come. So, we mused, how about William Robert? Um, no, not in Appalachia. That would be Billy Bob. I couldn't fathom having a Billy Bob in the family. No disrespect intended to all the William Roberts in the world. In the country, Billy Bob just has a totally different vibe and expectation. It's not that we were too refined to have a Billy Bob. It's just that in my neck of the woods... William Robert would become Billy Bob, so Willie Bobby and Billy Bob confer a certain redneck expectation. This kid's name could never be Willie Bobby. We landed eventually on William Jeffrey after my dad and Jeff, and we've often been asked if he was named for a certain president, William Jefferson Clinton, but no. Interestingly, I had an uncle on one side named George Washington Burke, and on the other side, Daniel Boone. And my Will, William Jeffrey, became Will at home. As irony would have it, gained nicknames from relatives that included all the variations, Wilfred, Wilhelm, Wilbur, and the classic Willinator. At camp one year, the director asked me to check all the certificates at the end of the week, and I had to take wills back to him to be corrected. Is it misspelled, the director asked. No, I said, it's just not his name. But his sister and brother call him Willard, he said. I've heard them say it a hundred times. Yeah, it's just not his name. Poor Will. Whippoorwill. See how easy it is to go there? <laughs> if if you ask Will his name, he might say Will Jeffrey. It's like the yum part of William just disappeared. He's a Will if ever there was one. Naming was a big deal in Bible times. Often when a person interacted with God, he or she received a new name to indicate a change in their situation or a new understanding of who they were. 
Abram, meaning father, became Abraham, meaning father of many nations. Jacob, meaning deceiver, became Israel, meaning God contends or perseveres, revealing not only Jacob's new identity, but what would become a national identity of God's chosen people. When we decided it was time to add a child to the family, we got pregnant within weeks. We named our second child Samuel, meaning asked of God. But it could also have another meaning. Samuel sounds like the Hebrew for God has heard. Listen how that plays out in the prophet Samuel's life. Samuel's mother, Hannah, was barren, and in anguish, she asked the Lord to give her a child. She vowed if he gave her a son, she would return him to the Lord for all the days of his life. She was so upset and overwrought about her infertility that when she prayed, the prophet Eli thought she was a drunk and told her to put away her wine. She said Eli straight with kind but firm words. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. 1 Samuel 1, 15 and 16. Eli blessed her. May God grant you what you have asked of him. And Hannah went home to her husband. She became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and named him Samuel, because she said, I asked the Lord for him. In gratitude for her gift from God and in keeping with her vow, Hannah gave Samuel back to the Lord. Scripture says the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. 1 Samuel 3 and 1. Then one night, Samuel heard his name called. Every time I read this story, I hear it in the voice of a recorded puppet script we used with a mission team when I was in college. Samuel's voice in the recording was almost identical to the Muppet Elmo. Eli, Eli, did you call? Eli's voice is gruff and grumpy. No, go back to bed. Samuel hears his name called again, and again he runs to Eli's room. Eli, Eli, did you call? Again, Eli responds, no, kid, go back to bed. And a third time, Samuel hears his name. Eli, Eli, did you call my name? And now Eli realizes that it's God calling the boy. So he tells him to go back to bed. And when he hears his name again to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel obeys Eli. And when God speaks, Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. And God speaks. See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. 1 Samuel three eleven. Wow. It was a good news, bad news scenario. The good news was that God was speaking in a time when visions had become rare and someone was listening. The bad news was judgment on Eli's family. After some persuading, Samuel obediently tells Eli what the Lord said to him. And here's where it gets interesting. I'd never noticed a verse near the end of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 3.19 says this, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. The message says it this way, Samuel grew up, God was with him, and Samuel's prophetic record was flawless. Everyone in Israel recognized that Samuel was the real thing a true prophet of God. 
I never noticed before this affirmation of Samuel's identity, never made the connection between the boy whose mother's words asking for a son and God's words speaking to Samuel, and then Samuel's words that were heard by a nation and king. Asked of God, heard by God, answered by God. This was who Samuel was to his core. I believe we have an identity in Christ that is unique to us. It's who we be to our core. And what we were designed to do in and for the kingdom of God flows from this true identity. More than giftedness, it's our ideal self being who God created us to be and finding satisfaction, success, and impact as we work out what is in us. Paul used this metaphor in Philippians 2.12. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's handiwork. The King James word is workmanship. Doesn't that sound artistic and unique? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. King James ends the verse this way, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk implies as we're going about our business, our everyday life. We are God's work of art released into the wild of this world. Names in our American culture don't carry the significance of biblical names, so Mary Lou doesn't give me clues to who God created me to be. But if I listen, as Samuel did, for God's voice, I can ask him, Speak, Lord, and show me who you have made me to be. When I ask him, I'm taken back to my childhood, always the first to memorize and recite, eager to perform, and the person that people asked, How would you say, when they needed the right words to communicate a message? And that carried through high school, college, and careers. God made me a wordsmith. And the first character in scripture that captured my imagination as a child was Barnabas, the encourager. All my life, friends and strangers alike would tell me their stories and look to me for advice and encouragement. God made me an exhorter. When I'm writing and teaching and encouraging, I feel the smile of God. I feel his approval. I know who I am. My Samuel, second child, and now home with his heavenly father, was a running lover. He'd quote Chariots of Fire's Eric Little and say, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. As he ran, he pointed people to Jesus. He was perfect in that identity. And people said of Sam that he loved without filters. That's who he was to his core, and his life is a testimony of his identity in Christ. When you think about the times you felt God's pleasure, who were you being? What were you doing? What are the patterns in your life that reveal who God created you to be? (laughs) To quote an old Leonard Skinner song, What's your name, little girl? What's your name? That's not a very spiritual song. How about this one? Speak, O Lord, by the Gettys, which I'll link in the show notes. Speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us, truths unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. The Willinator, never a Willie Bobby. And Claire, Emily, Claire, Vivian, and you, my friend, have a unique and amazing identity inside you that God wants to flesh out. Take time to listen to Him, to meditate on His Word and His work in you. Then do that. 
you will feel his pleasure, and that is success and satisfaction that cannot be experienced any other way. Father, thank you for Jesus' names that reveal who he is. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeshua, our deliverer. Jesus, the Lord is our salvation. We know exactly who he is and what he came to do. Lord, speak to us with that clarity. Help us be who you created us to be and to make a difference in community as we all work together in the ways you've called us. Some are teachers and administrators and caregivers and protectors, writers and prophets, and that's the meaning of your word about the body working together. I cannot be a wordsmith exhorter without people to teach and encourage and receive my words. We become who you've made us in community. Show us who we be. Then join our hearts and hands, Lord, so that others will come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, registrations for His Power at Work Mastermind will close on December 15th. I would so love for you to be a part of this mastermind where we examine together our identities and the plans that God has for us and our businesses in the coming months. So excited and so eager to be together with you in this project. That's talkandpray.us slash mastermind. Thank you for listening to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. To learn more about the podcast and to get today's transcript, notes, and other content, go to talkandpray.us slash podcast. Join me every Tuesday for more Talk and Pray. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave a positive review if you'd like to hear more content like this. This Talk and Pray podcast is sponsored by Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching. Music is In the Field by Audionautics.com. Look for Talk and Pray on Facebook and Instagram.